Support for NPR and the following message come from Ally. While you're working hard, is your money being lazy? Make your money work harder than ever with Ally's new smart savings tools. For all things money, you deserve an Ally. Visit ally.com. Ally Bank member FDIC. Welcome to Pop Culture Happy Hour. There's nothing like a good spy thriller, and today we're talking about a great one. Killing Eve is about two women. Jodie Comer plays Villanelle, a dangerous international assassin. Sandra Oh plays Eve Palastri, the American-born British operative determined to stop her. Killing Eve is based on a series of novels by Luke Jennings. The show was co-developed and written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who also created Fleabag, another show we love. It follows Eve and Villanelle around Europe, into clubs and on chases, as they develop something of a mutual fascination. Its first season is currently airing on BBC America. I'm Stephen Thompson. And I'm Linda Holmes. We're talking about Killing Eve on this episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, so don't go away. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the University of Alabama, offering Bama by distance. Choose from over 70 premier bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degree programs in a flexible online format in areas including business, communications, social work, education, and more. Give your career a boost through the University of Alabama's online degree programs. Learn more or apply today at bamabydistance.ua.edu. Support also comes from Netflix's Contodo, presenting Brown Love, a new podcast that aims to bring together the best and brightest of Latino Hollywood to get real about the industry and all the things Latinx communities are talking about on your timeline. Each week, the show features a roundtable of Latino actors, including Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black and Jessica Marie Garcia from On My Block. New episodes of Brown Love drop every Tuesday. Subscribe now where you listen to podcasts. Hey, NPR fans. Did you hear a sponsor you want to learn more about? Head over to npr.org slash podcasts and click sponsors and promo codes to learn more. Welcome back. You just met NPR Music. Stephen Thompson. Also with us is Glenn Weldon of the NPR Arts Desk. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Linda. And in our fourth chair this week from our studios in New York, it has been much too long since we were joined by Kat Chow. Hi, Kat. Hey. We've missed you. We've missed you. Oh, missed you guys, too. Cannot wait to hear from you about this. But I'm going to start with Glenn, because, Glenn, you were the person who first kind of put me on this show Mm -hmm. that that I should be watching it. What do you think it was that grabbed your attention about Killing Eve first? Uh, I've been trying to figure that out, because anytime something hits me with the full force that this did, anytime I experience a piece of culture and it instills in me a kind of... uh, unbridled joy the way this does, I want to bridle it. I want to, I want to figure it out because it's, it's, it's not my default. You don't even have to connect the dots here because Phoebe Waller-Bridge. That's just the same dot. You don't have to move your pen at all. But I want to think that there's more to it than that. I think I might have stumbled upon it. The most boring thing you can say about any show like this is that it subverts genre cliches. Mm-hmm. And happily you don't say that about this one because it doesn't. It really is kind of adherent to a lot of those genre cliches. And on paper, it's Hannibal, it's the movie Spy, it's Born, it's like any manhunt genre. But it just comes at those conventions, at those cliches, from a completely new place. And I think a scene will start and it will play out and it will get to the narrative place it needs to. But along the way, there is this breathing room for character interactions to happen that deepen these relationships or add a nuance on them instead of just putting them into conflict, 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 conflict uh, all the time. And that's why I think 
uh, and this is going to sound gender essentialist and didn't want it to, but this show feels completely female to me mm-hmm. in a really, in terms of sensibility, in terms of tone, in terms of outlook, in a really intelligent and a welcome and just hugely rewarding way. All right. Yeah. Speaking of female. Uh, <laughs> and rewarding. And rewarding. Cat Chow, uh, what do you think of Killing Eve? Oh, my gosh. I am so obsessed with it. Kind of maybe in the same way that, you know, like Eve is obsessed with Villanelle and vice versa. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, Glenn, the, the thing that you said about this show being so female. I mean, in the first 20 minutes, and this doesn't give anything away, when Eve is sort of hungover from, you know, a party and she's hearing about this string of murders throughout Europe and she says I bet that the killer is a woman and no one really believes her and I feel like there's this connection that she has that Sandra O oh has with the more senior MI6 agent and this older agent also has had this theory that the killer was a woman and so I just feel like there's this underlying sense of believability there but then the other thing that I wanted to bring up is I feel like every few years I become more and more obsessed with an actor or actress. You guys might remember how one of my New Year's resolutions was to watch everything Michael B. Jordan yes. was in. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Which was a good idea. It was a really good idea. I Michael even, B. Jordan yep. binge was Cat's New Year's resolution. It was, it was so good. It was so painful to watch Parenthood. But um, <laughs> now I really want to do that with Sandra Oh because I just absolutely love her. I mean, she's funny. She brings a, a sense of comedy, but also tenderness to everything. And there's something about her acting that just feels very grounded. And like I, I feel like I could relate to it, not just because she is Asian-American and, you know, I could see myself in glimpses of her. But there's something that is just so, I don't know, human about the characters that she has in Grey's Anatomy or, you know, Killing Eve. Yeah. Stephen, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I really like this show, too. I, th- I noticed something when I was reading up on it that I thought made a lot of sense, which was that the ratings for each episode of this show keep going up. Mm -hmm. That unlike most shows where they have their big splashy premiere, that is the maximum audience that they can or will attain. And then there's this kind of general degradation of audience over time as people drop off and lose interest. And the fact that the, the audience is growing for this, I think really speaks to how intense this show is and also how much more interesting it gets as it goes along. I, at first, didn't really hook all the way into it the way I kind of expected and hoped to. I found the villain, uh, Villanelle, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works. I found it difficult to find a way in, you know, that at first I was looking for uh, more complexity and humanity. And over time, it, it just, the show kind of reinforces, this is a psychopath. It is as simple as that. And so at first, I'm looking for an anti-hero a little bit. I'm looking for what I've seen before, where like, am I going to relate to the killer in some way, kind of the way you do with Barry, another assassin show on uh-huh. TV right yeah. now. And so for a while, it felt a little, it's it's kind of bloody and frenetic, and and there's this cat and mouse forming. But over time, that story gets deeper and deeper and more interesting. And I think they take this show in interesting places that I didn't necessarily see coming as much as it does swim around in some of the basic template of, you know, cop versus killer Mm -hmm. hunting each other down. Ultimately, I really, really like it. And it does seem to have a lot 
under the surface to say about kind of the parallels between these women who are underestimated yeah. and who mm-hmm. and about how they're able to take advantage of being underestimated in yeah. a way. I, th- I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think what Kat was saying about the way in which the show feels really gendered is related to me to what you're talking about with continually thinking they're going to give you a softening of the main character. Mm. I think there actually is much more of a softening of in Barry than right. there is here. But I think especially with women, I think especially with women in a story like this, there is a there's a feeling that somehow you're going to find out that she has some past trauma that has mm-hmm. driven her to this point, which, you know, still could turn out to be true. Right. We've seen as we tape this, we've seen basically five. There are eight total, at least in this season. But so far, what they've done is several different times kind of started to pull you down the track of there's going to be a connection. There's going to be a sadness in her. There's going to be a, some some person who is her weakness. Right. And then there just isn't. And yeah. I think one of the things that you're talking about, too, is that because Villanelle is a woman, I think Eve feels more free to say, I think it's a woman, whereas I think the men in her office are just not they're not accustomed to even thinking about women right. in the context of crime yeah. in a sophisticated enough way to imagine a female assassin. There's a weird, it's a weird feminist principle to say, along with all the other things you have to be able to imagine about women, you have to be able to imagine them being diabolical and, and evil. But I think that's what the Sandra O oh character is doing. And I agree with Kat completely. Sandra O oh should be in everything. <laughs> she is so good in this. There are some of the same charms in this character that there were in her Grey's Anatomy character, Christina Yang. They're both really driven, really intelligent, kind of wry about being smart and obsessed. I do see similarities between the characters, but I just think she's she's so good in this. Yeah, I originally thought I wanted a spinoff with the Fiona Shaw character. Fiona I love Shaw. her plays her boss. She's great in this. And then I realized, no, because the thing that I love is their interaction, her mm-hmm. and Sandra O's oh interaction, mm-hmm. the, the kind of way that Sandra O oh is kind of falling all over herself and Fiona Shaw just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. very isn't. You know, there is a meeting up that happened in the most recent episode between Villanelle and the Sandra O oh character. It's a dinner scene. I think we can say that. And I won't say anything more about it, except that there's a really great interview that Joanna Robinson did in Vanity Fair with O and Comer and Waller-Bridge about that scene, which was Jodie Comer's audition scene. Whoa. And one of the first things that was written, and the show was kind of built around it. Right. And so they seeded a lot of stuff back into the things that they found. And Waller-Bridge is very generous, and she says, you know, the thing that is keeping the show from being klutzy spy chick versus manic pixie assassin girl are these performances. I don't agree with that. I think there's so much in the writing that is about that. But just look at the way that scene plays out in things like Sherlock or in the, the movie Heat, when the bad guy and the good guy meet, it's about posturing. It's mm-hmm. about conflict. And here, it's all nuanced and fluid. Oh, the, the power yeah. dynamic oh. keeps shifting in a really yeah. interesting way. So nobody wins that that exchange. It just happens. And that's what I, I just love about every aspect of the show. It also, I think, really helps that this is 
It's a drama. It's a spy show. It's got lots of killings in it. But it's written by someone who has a flair for writing comedy, uh-huh. uh, a flair for writing jokes. And so there are times watching the show where my chest was kind of palpitating yes, a little bit. Yes. But it's being undercut by like just this kind of sly humor that feels like a cousin of Fleabag. Yeah. It, it has a little bit. You get a little bit of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's authorial voice slipping in. There's a great scene. This unbelievably intense scene involving a phone password. <laughs> and when you get to it, it is it's really funny, but it is in the middle of something so intense that it's almost hard to to pivot to laugh. Yeah. But when you think back on it, oh man, that's just such a delicious little bit. Yeah. yeah. Kat, how did you like that dinner scene? Oh my gosh, I loved it. I think one of the funniest parts was the lead up to the dinner scene where Eve sees Villanelle in her house, and I don't think that gives too much away, but they have you know, this altercation and Villanelle sort of displays this reaction where she has to convey to Eve that, you know, she just wants to eat dinner. And they have this back and forth and there's so much tension in there, kind of like what Stephen was talking about. But there's also this weird bit of tenderness where they're sort of stumbling about and it kind of brings up this this question about the fascination that they have with each other. Yeah, and they're obviously playing a semi-erotic note yeah. mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. relationship to their both I think to their fascination with each other but also when they do manage to be in each other's presence. I think they're obviously, you know, they want you to notice that. They want you to be conscious of that. All these uh, ancillary characters, uh, the other members of the team Everyone gets a beat. Everyone gets moments to just be in relation to other characters in a way that you wouldn't expect for something that is billed as thriller, spy, whatever it is. It's humane in a very interesting way. Yeah. And I also want to say, to me, Villanelle, I mean, I love Sandra Oh. I love that character. I think Eve is the Eve is obviously the human center of this. But Villanelle, to me, is so effectively creepy. <laughs> that character yes. is so creepy. She's amused by people's fear sometimes in a way that's just... Oh, I keep coming back to creepy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it is a it is a big, juicy part. I mean, when you think about it, almost like Orphan Black, when an actor gets to embody a lot of kind of characters within a character, mm-hmm. even though Villanelle is herself purely psychopathic. Right. You see her doing lots of accents and lots of languages and kind of slipping into different settings and and the actor has to be able to fit in those settings as well. It is a very very juicy part. And I just love watching how Villanelle observes Eve. Like there's this scene earlier on where Villanelle and Eve meet in a bathroom scene and There are instances where Villanelle just seems to appear in Eve's life as if she is just a background person without really revealing herself before their actual meeting. And I keep going back to the tenderness. And it's not, I mean, it's it's almost as if she's observing someone who she wants to befriend, who she wants to be, who she wants to maybe sleep with. And in particular, the shopping scene that happens later on makes me keep thinking about like what their relationship could have been like in a in a other world. I mean, if, if one of them if, weren't a murderer. If one of them weren't a psychopathic killer, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I called this, let the record show, that when I saw that first episode, I said, you know, this is the show that your friends are going to be knowing you about in two weeks' time at a party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is the the water cooler. This is the, oh my God, you have to see. Uh, just, just because it 
it feels different just because it vibrates at a slightly different frequency. There are a lot of shows around and lots of movies like this, but there's nothing that feels like this. I love it. And I mean, I was reading this interview that Sandra Oh did with E. Alex Jung from Vulture, where she mentioned how when she got the script from her agent, she was confused as to which character they wanted her to read for. And I think it just kind of shows that this is a new role, not only for her. I mean, she, for much of her career, had been kind of pushed into the best friendy role. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, I mean, like what you were saying, Linda, she kind of gets to be the star of a sort of British procedural. And I read the same interview that Kat did. It's one of those things where every once in a while you just hear actresses basically saying, like, I have wanted to do plenty of things. I haven't been offered as much as you would think that was the kind of stuff that I wanted. And she's she was brilliant on Grey's Anatomy for a super long time. She was doing genius work on that show for a really long time. And yet when she left, she sort of said, I didn't get offered the, the kind of stuff that I was hoping that I would. And so, among other things, it's just a delight to see that happen. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I guess the other thing that I would just say about this show is if you find, if you start watching it and you find you start to feel like you're getting bogged down around the third episode, power through it. I felt like just the sheer number of assassinations Mm -hmm. in the first few episodes made me feel like I was just watching a show in which an assassin goes around killing people a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, a pivot that happens in episode four where it gets much deeper than that and is much less just kind of about the process over and over again of just all these different ways in which people are dispatched. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that brings us to the end of our show. You can follow Kat at Cat Chow. Thanks to all of you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Come find us on Facebook. Tell us what you think of Killing Eve at Facebook.com slash PCHH or tweet us at PCHH. And thank you, of course, for listening. We will be back here on Friday. And if you have a second and you're so inclined, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, which will help more folks to find the show. And we always like that to happen. We will see you all right back here on Friday. Planet Money tip number 17. Sometimes the most important things need a hype squad. Corporate. Corporate. Income. Income. Tax. Corporate income tax! Planet Money, a podcast about the economy. A very enthusiastic podcast about the economy.